Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to this episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. We are a slightly depleted team in the studio today. Our good buddy, Mr. Phil Jessen, unfortunately can't be with us today, so it's just Graham and I. So we will attempt to fill the genius gap that is left by uh, Phil not being with us today. And uh, we'll do our very best, won't we, Mr. Jones? We'll try, we'll try. We, we shall try try. This episode is called The Art of Selling Without Selling. Ooh, Ooh. intriguing, Ooh. huh? <laughs> uh, this episode's been inspired. Graham and I were having a conversation before we came on air. Graham's been on a, a cruise holiday recently. He's very fond of his cruising holidays. And um, his son had a friend with him on, on the cruise who is doing incredibly well as a very new young salesperson in a B2C environment. And Graham, as you would expect, on behalf of the Sales Chat Show, took the occasion whilst on his holiday to interrogate said young gentleman about his sales success. So (laughs) what what did you find out? Well, I, of course, believed it was a conversation. Uh, Um, I suspect he may agree with you that it was interrogation. Because all he wanted to do was go to the bar or to the swimming pool or something while I was busy chatting. That's my boy. (laughs) Um, I asked him, how was he selling so well? Because it turns out that in a sales team of about 40 or 50, he was actually kind of after three months about, you know, the 10th best salesperson in the team. So first of all, he's a young guy, yeah? Yes, about 20. Really, really inexperienced. Absolutely. uh, In in the world of work, let's say. I don't mean that in a patronising sense. No, no, he's he's, he's only just graduated. So he's graduated in nothing whatsoever to do with selling. Okay. Yeah, so his, his first job, he's moved into sales, having you know, studied his favourite subject but not pursuing a career in that at the moment and now he's gone into sales and after just a few months he's obviously shown that he's very good at it. Because with, with on average, you know, 51% of salespeople hitting quota and and the vast majority of salespeople not achieving quota in the first year because of the rookie effect, but he's moving into the top strata in in this area in three months. Old geezers he works with, who you would think uh, are experienced in selling and not doing anywhere near as well as him, and yet they've got years and years of experience in that sector and in selling, and he's beating them hands down. And the secret sauce is, what did you find out from your uh, interrogation? Well, it's interesting. It's about what you talk about with your customer. And the one thing he doesn't talk about is the thing they're trying to buy. Okay. Which is kind of counterintuitive, really, isn't it? it, This is an automotive example. Yeah, he's he's involved in the the car car sector, yeah. So he's in a big car dealership, and when people come in to buy a car, he hardly ever talks about the car. Interesting. And so he's talking about what? He's talking about anything they're interested in talking about, their favourite football team, the holiday they've just had. Uh, He said uh, after our cruise he'd probably spend the next two or three weeks telling everybody about his cruise. Uh, rather than talking about cars. And he found that when he doesn't talk about cars, he's more likely to sell cars. Now, this is, I said, this is entirely counterintuitive. But 
he's not doing his job properly, is he? Because he's not he's not talking about the product that he's representing. Yeah, unfortunately, surely. he is doing his job yeah. properly because he's selling more than people who are talking about cars. So, how how does he explain this working? What 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 are are I, I'm assuming um, rather like the the statistics that, that in, in business to business now we're talking business to yeah. consumer sales here, but in in business-to-business business sales, 57%, 60% of the way, people are through their buying process before That's right. they want to see a salesperson. And I think we've mentioned on a previous episode, um, a friend of mine who's also in car sales, people now visiting 1.4 dealerships before they buy yep. because they've researched online. Is that what, is that, is that what's happening here? He, he says that most people have made up their mind which car they're going to buy before okay. they walk in. Yeah. So they've been on the website, they've looked through all the various cars that are available, and they've decided in advance they want to buy that car and they come in to see that car. So they've made up their mind what car they're going to buy. So why should he bother trying to convince them to buy a different one, is his view. Well, that's an, yeah, that's an interesting thought. So, so, so firstly, it sounds almost like in this situation the sale is his to lose. Yeah. Rather, So they've actually turned up, or they're fairly close to making a buying decision. They've now, if they've done their research online, they know the model, they're doing the final questions, answers, yep. little missing bits of information, take it for a test drive, so they become comfortable. Because I've said a few times on Sales Chat Show, you know, the neuroscience research shows uncomfortable brains don't buy. Yeah. So I'm wondering if what he's doing is he's making them feel really comfortable with him, yep. and therefore if they're comfortable with him, he represents the dealership, they're comfortable with the dealership, he makes sure they're comfortable with the car, and then... Yeah, then it's easy, low, isn't it? Lo and behold, yeah. they buy. Yeah, so I think, you know, he's terribly polite. He's a yeah. nice young man. He's well-educated. You know, he gets on with everyone. He can yeah. have a conversation with every, anyone about anything. So he's very confident. And so I think people feel comfortable with him. Yes, yeah? yes. And so they've decided that they want to buy that car before they come in. They feel comfortable with him. He's taken them out for a test drive. They feel comfortable with the car. Yeah. And so... It's really easy then for them to make that final decision they do want to buy. But I did ask him, what is he really selling then? If he's not yeah. selling the car, what is he really yeah. selling? And he told me that what he's really selling and where they make most of their money in the car business is on the finance side. Yes, the financing, leasing, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. And that's what his boss wants him to sell. Yes. But he doesn't sell that either. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, well, because he's not allowed to, because he's not properly qualified under the Financial Conduct Authority. Uh, okay. So what he has to do is work out which kind of finance these people want and line them up ready to go to their finance person. So he's talking to them about, you know, now they've decided they've had a nice, comfortable chat with him. Yeah. They've had a lovely little test drive around the town. They love the car. They love him. They love the company because they're comfortable. So he's just chatting to them then, you know, how are you going to pay for this? So he's made his mind up that they're going to buy it. Yeah. Because they probably have too. So yeah, his, his, it's interesting. His, his, his sort of hypothesis is they're here to buy a car yeah. and all I need to do is just make them feel comfortable yeah. and then how would they like to pay for it? That's it, yeah. And then he's worked out that you know either they want a lease or they want um, some other kind of finance or they, they want a loan or whatever it is. And then he can then go to the finance person and say, I've got this person, they want to buy this car and they want a lease. So he's also working well with his colleagues yeah. as well. So he's he's not allowed to sell the finance because he's not qualified. Yeah. 
So I bet they love him because he Can't brings it. them these nice, it's, hot prospects to, ready to close. So they just walk in to the finance office with somebody who's got you know, the keys to a car and can I have a lease for this, please? Job done. It's brilliant. It, it, and also, is, is, uh, I know this might, some people listening, you know, this might sound a bit old school, you know, rapport and chatting about non-work-related things. But uncomfortable brains don't buy. And also, the work of Professor Robert Cialdini, one of his six principles of persuasion, very well-researched uh, data, is liking. The more you like somebody, the more able they are to persuade yeah. you. So if he does have to persuade them, in any in any way, or probably probably doesn't view it as persuading. I guess he probably views it as advising them yeah, about quite. some, some yeah. options. He's not persuading them because he can't, because he doesn't know the details of these things. He's just working out how do they want to pay for it, and so, then he so takes them to. So from a standing start in three months, he's basically being a little sales superstar because. Firstly, he realises they're there to buy and he's just helping them to do it. Yeah. He's making them feel comfortable and he's just basically not doing anything to get in the way of the sale. Is That's how right. It almost yeah. sounds. It's just, just straightforward, really. And you think, why aren't other people doing this? Well, but, yeah. Did you ask him about some of the other, maybe maybe some of the longer-serving members of the of the sales team. The old geezers, as I well, call them. Yeah, maybe it may, 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 may not be old. They may be young, but I'm And they may not be geezers, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. But I'm interested, <laughs> what about the lower... Has he observed anything about the his colleagues who are less successful... And, and I'm just interested in this, you know, three-month rookie yeah. I mean, might have some interesting perspectives. I did, I did ask him, you know, why, why are other people not doing as well as you then? And he said, basically, they fall into two camps. There's the lazy ones, okay. the ones yeah. who don't really bother to sell. Yeah. Um, and it, I would guess that they're the kind of people who are just happy with the basic yeah. salary, yeah. don't really want to sell very much. They'll do it if they have to kind of thing, if there's nobody else to do it. And they sit around all day drinking coffee and they have a nice time doing nothing. Now, yeah. frankly, okay. he'd get bored doing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as most too. of us would. Me too. Yeah, but there are certain people in the world who are just happy ticking over, earning a basic salary and not having to do very much for it. So they're not doing very well. And then the other people who are not doing very well, he's noticed, are the people who try too hard to sell. The, yes. the, the people who see somebody coming in who's decided they're going to buy you know, this car and they try and convince them to buy a different car because that car will give them more commission. Yeah. Of course, the person doesn't want that car, so they put barriers up to that, and so they don't sell as much because they're trying too hard to sell. Yeah, I've come to buy car X, yeah. and you're trying to convince me to buy car Y yeah. because it's more money or you make more... But the more point commission, is you yeah. make more commission. Yeah. It's not what I, as the customer, That's right. get. Um, are they... Um, what about upselling? Has he noticed that this... Because I would always say the best time to sell something to someone is when they're buying something else. So upselling sure. is a really good practice so to maximise revenues and it, it, it should be encouraged. But I'm interested... Yeah, I mean, he, obviously he will upsell as well if there's yeah. the opportunity. But it's basically those people who are trying to upsell everything. You know, yeah. well, you'll need this, you'll need yeah. this, you'll need mm. that. And that's from their perspective rather than looking at what is the person talking about in their conversation and therefore what opportunities are there for upselling. So obviously we would advocate upselling as a general principle, but if your upselling becomes too pushy yeah. and your upselling costs you the original sale, you're not selling anything that's at it. all, yeah. are you? So 
he's probably choosing the right people at the right time. Yeah. So yeah, they, they may I can see those guys might come across as the archetypal, the archetypal sales pushy person, salesperson. Yeah. The barriers come up, the discomfort levels go up. You just feel like it's all for you. You got the dollar signs in your eyes, yeah. and and bang, and then they lose the sale. And then they're probably is... sitting there wondering, you know, I've used all those sales techniques, and I still didn't sell. What's wrong? Yeah. Um, and looking at this guy, you know, my son's friend is selling without doing any of that, and just wondering, you know, why is it? And probably thinking, oh, well, he's more handsome than me, so people like him more, or some kind of. Oh, there'll, there'll, uh, there'll be, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be some yeah. sort of excuse that they can all, they can all trot, trot out, you know, and that that'll absolutely. But in reality, he's just making people comfortable, making them yeah. just like him, like the company, and then giving them the opportunity to get the finance, which is what they're really selling. Which is perfect. I mean, I think from an interesting, from a sales management point of view as well, there's a couple of thoughts, got a couple of observations. One is those lazy people are occupying a seat in yep. that place. And I, as a sales manager, I want to say, okay, if I, you know, if I can only have six salespeople, I can't really afford to have any lazy salespeople. So they might be doing okay, but the point is, you know, do you want to have a tough decision sometime and replace okay for... You know, take a risk on a few shining young superstars. In this case, young as in inexperienced, yeah. not necessarily in age. And the other, the other point is, is yeah, salespeople. Certainly, when I was a sales manager, you you get them making excuses, and I'd always say, you know, there are reasons and there are excuses, and they're two they're two different things. There yeah, are sometimes yeah. reasons sales don't go ahead. But I once asked my uh, one of my bottom performing people what he noticed about my top performing people, and his comments were an extremely disappointing. Um, comment about the um, the um, the female salesperson's uh, appearance and I gave him a pretty savage um, <laughs> piece of I feedback can't believe that. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, that said um, I think you will find that she's more organized and planned and prepared than you are she has far better questions and understands <laughs> customers needs she can articulate the value proposition of the brand ten times better than you can and she can close sales so elegantly and gracefully so before you start making excuses you know she, she is a far better salesperson than yeah. you are and it, you know it's a typical i think it's a typical attitude from underperformers sometimes yeah. that you know uh, someone else has always got a better territory or they're lucky that's or, it yeah, uh, yeah and it's just yeah. and I'm, I, I guess that i'm sure some of the some of the bottom table performers in the car dealership will be saying exactly the same. Quite, yeah. you know, he's, he's lucky. Yeah. Well, don't think he's lucky. He's... Uh, yeah. Beginner's he, luck, they'll probably be yeah, calling it. Yeah, well, moment. he realises yeah. they've turned up to buy. He understands the new consumer has done online research and is pretty, pretty close yeah. to making a buying decision. They've turned up yeah. to buy something. He's helping the customer to buy <laughs> and he's making the experience feel comfortable yeah. as, as, as well. So, you know, I think the lesson from him is if you want to know what to talk about in your sales encounters, 100%. don't talk about what you want to talk about. Talk about what the customer wants to talk about. And even if that's not the product, you'll probably end up selling it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I asked you before we came on as we were chatting this through, you know, what does he do if he's got a real driver personality who don't want to do any small talk? They just want to get straight down to business. Yeah. And your, you, your, your hunches... My hunch is that he'll 
talk about the car the and car. talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the customer is interested yeah. in is where you go. Some customers do have more of a relationship orientation. They do want to get to know the person. Yeah. Others want to get straight down to business. You know, just go with what the customer wants to go with and, and then guide them carefully through to a buying yeah. decision. I mean, one you? of the things he did say as an aside to me, which I don't think, you know, I didn't pursue, but basically most of the people buying cars don't really understand anything about cars and they're not interested in cars. They're just interested in, they want a car that will get them to work uh, yeah. and that will cost them, you know, however many thousands of pounds they're prepared to spend on it and that it's comfortable and that it's got Bluetooth or whatever whatever their feature set is that they want. So very few people who go to buy cars are actually the petrol heads yes. that the people selling cars often are because they're attracted to selling cars mm. because they're petrol heads. But most of the people who buy cars aren't. Yeah, they've no idea what brake no. horsepower means. No. You know, it's it's just not something that's of interest. No, and I don't know them. where you put the horses in the car to break their power. So, you know, and how do you fit 10,000 of them in? Well, it's, you a, know? It's, a, it's, a great, it's a great question in sales is when you're thinking of buying a car, what's most important to you is a fantastic question for when you're thinking yeah. of doing whatever it is, what is most important to you? Then they tell you whether it's the patch in their phone via Bluetooth or Quite. they're very environmentally friendly or they're a petrol head or whichever way or yep. safety because they've got children and then you know exactly what to talk about yeah you do, know, do you mean that, that we've come to the conclusion then that a good salesperson <laughs> will ask their customers questions will listen to what the customer says and respond accordingly and surely, as a result they'll sell something cannot be that simple can My it really goodness. well your your son's friend our 20 year old salesman seems to prove that <laughs> hypothesis to be to be correct so that folks is the art of selling without selling yeah. so hopefully some some interesting um, principles you know comfort understanding customers going with the customers flow and a couple of challenging thoughts of some of the sales managers do you want those lazy people in your sales team? Because if you can only afford to have, you know, six people in your sales team, I think you want to have as best you possibly can the highest possible performers occupying yeah. those those places in, in your in your sales team. And uh, something you know, allowing those people to coast means if it's not, a, you know, if this is a B2C car example, but if they're on a territory, if they're covering yeah. a territory, covering a geography, covering the, the north, the east, the south or west. They're making okay numbers, but that means you're only getting okay from a territory you should be getting yeah. good numbers from. So I think sales managers have a look at your have a look at your team's yeah. performance. It's not what they're selling versus last year necessarily zero based budgeting. What are they selling versus what the territory is capable of making, yeah. I think, is, is a question to consider. So thank you very much, Mr. Jones, for having interrogated this young gentleman um, <laughs> halfway, th halfway through his holiday. I'm sure he's recovered from the experience now. So thank you very much for listening, folks. Saleschatshow.com, 100-plus episodes on there now for your listening pleasure. Um, absolutely free for you to access and download from or gain from wherever you get your normal podcasts are. So please remember, folks, fill in that traveling downtime with a little bit of listening to some some training material for example from sales chat show always remember the more you learn the more you earn folks so we just like to wish you good luck and good selling you have
have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 